And now for something completely different. What's coming up this hour on today's experience? It's Expository Thursday. Expository Thursday as we work together to know the letter better into the book of Acts and into its narrative. We travel to understand the things the Lord requires of us as we learn to apply God's timeless truths in our lives. First, God speaks to Ananias. It's actually it's Ananias. Sorry about that. A little, little smudge there on my paper. <clears throat> God speaks to Ananias. But Dave, God doesn't speak to people. However, he does communicate with people often in multiple ways. Uh, and he does speak to people even when you're not positive that he's allowed to speak. to. You see, here's the problem. People are telling God what he can and can't do. If you check your own life, you're going to find out God has spoken to you many times and in many ways. Remember, God spoke one time and the people thought it thundered. In this case, with uh, Ananias, he got downright detailish with him. Uh, he's, he's praying in the present, he's shown a vision in the past, and he's going to be told about the future. There's three different time strains in one discussion. See, because God always was, always is, and always will be. And so with Ananias, we find out, uh-oh, God talks about the present, talks about the past, and talks about the future. you got to catch this. It's a great catch in Scripture. Next, but Lord, that's right, get over it. From the days of Adam through the New Testament, God has given instructions, and people have responded, but Lord, just like you and me. And by the way, Ananias isn't wondering if this is actually is God because God gave him all the necessary proof. He's just trying to figure out what God is doing. He's like, this guy, what he's doing, I've heard of him. He's bad. This dude's bad. That's all right, God said. He's waiting for you. Mm. Then Ananias decides he's going to inform God that he's heard extra special things about this guy that are really bad, and then if he didn't know it, he's against your people, God. He is an axe to grind. He's against everybody who follows you. And then God gives Ananias practical advice. Ready? Go do what I told you to do. <laughs> and the people of God said, yes, Lord. <laughs> David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. Politics, entertainment, and current events. Personal revelations. Spiritual observations. My life's insanity is annoying. So much more. Hey, we're asking you, what do you think? Now, you can email us during the show, david at hemustincrease.org. David at he must increase.org. You can text us 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. We do not think you will receive any kind of shock if you do that. Also, you can call 972-445-0770. That's 972-445-0770. When you do that, well, you get to talk to amazing Jen. You know what that's like? 
That's like getting a bonus check. And then you will feel... Amazing! That's right. <laughs> you sure will. Getting a bonus check, like, yep, I like that. Yep, especially when you didn't expect. Like, okay, I'll take that. Uh, bottom line is maybe you've got a prayer request or a praise report. Maybe you've got something you want to share. We are open for that. I can tell you right now I'm a little wired and a little geared for this particular teaching because I love this exchange between this guy and the Lord in the book of Acts. We'll get to that in a couple of seconds. But what I want you to do is to be aware that if you've got something you want to share, this is a good opportunity to do it. You don't have to be perfect at it, and you can ask a question, just like Fred did earlier, and then I can do a whole 15 or 10 minutes on that without even uh, realizing that I skipped the entire other teaching. So that's just kind of how the way things go. Do you want to know what it's like? It's like Christian living. We don't know exactly what the Lord's going to do. We don't know exactly how he's going to do it. We don't know every detail that's coming up. But we get a chance to know him who does. Good enough. Right there. All right, here's your trivia question. What is greater than faith and hope? And y'all, let me say that with a Texas uh, thing. Y'all better get that right. What is greater than uh, faith and hope? If you think you know the answer, you can. Let's see. i got to find my sheet of paper that has my phone number. Okay, that's good idea. Uh, 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483 as well. Send an email, david at org. I will say that Al has the pow-pow on that, which is very, uh, very good because you had to be really fast on that one. Uh, let's, uh, redo that trivia question. What is greater than, what is greater than, what is greater than faith and hope? So it's just like, okay, what's greater than faith and hope? Because, listen, I can't, I can't even begin to express, we're going to get this person aside, but I can't begin to express how important faith is and how important hope is. I mean, you just think about these words. Without hope, there's despair. Without faith, there's no pleasing God. So think of how important that is. All right, let's send the person on through. Knock, knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hello, David. This is Stephen. Hi, Stephen. How are you? I'm okay. I heard one time that God is love. That is correct, Amanda. And, you know, I, I find that amazing. And somebody like yourself will appreciate it. Just think of the level when you get into faith. So without faith, it's impossible to please him. And think of how much disparity even the world today is they're in without any hope. And yet even those two enormously powerful elements are not as powerful as love. But have you ever noticed that they're all three intertwined? Excellent, excellent observation. Excellent point of view that they are connected, right? Absolutely. There you go. See, that's why I love Steve because he's got that mind that goes, "Hey, you know, these actually touch into each other." And uh, and ironically, that's not even the only place where he talks about First Corinthians is one of two places where he mentions faith, hope, and love in a, in a single strand. So, excellent observation, sir. Great job. Have a wonderful day. All right, you too. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. There's my buddy. He's done a great I love him. I love all you guys. Now, it's true that I give some of you more jazz than others, but hey, at least I'm not giving you jazz hands. Okay, because you couldn't see it anyway. It's radio. Okay. 
thought I'd move on from there. Uh, where are we? What are we doing? Are we doing Acts? We're doing Acts, right? We're doing something. All right, we're doing the book of Acts. I really want to talk about this uh, with Ananias uh, because it's so amazing, and I want to I want to give you a freedom that maybe you've not heard before. So we're going to kind of pick it up in verse 10. I know we covered this, but I want to make sure you get this. Ananias, by the way, that name means the Lord shows grace. Okay? So Anna, my new grandchild, grandchild number seven, that's grace. Ananias, the Lord shows grace. All these Anna, Anna, uh, Anna, all these formal, formats are elements or strains of grace. And it says this, and we'll pick it up with verse 10. Now, there was a believer. Now, stop right there. What is he? He's a believer in Damascus named Ananias. And the Lord spoke to him in a vision, calling Ananias. Yes, Lord, he replied. So the things that I didn't get to share last week that I want to share this week about that, first of all, he spoke to him in a vision. So when people say, well, God spoke back then in the Old Testament by visions and so on and so forth, he did in the New Testament too. I mean, Peter had a vision. Ananias was not an apostle. He was not somebody that was extraordinary in the way that he's been listed prior. And this guy had a vision from the Lord. Can you have a vision from the Lord? Here's the answer to that. I don't know. Can God give you a vision? Okay. You can answer it that way. And then he says this, and I love this. I love this. He goes, Ananias. So Ananias, in, in the vision, he replies, yes, Lord. I want you to catch the importance of this. Ananias is called by name. Remember? When you hit, we had that situation, we were talking about Jesus, and he resurrects, and he says, you know, Mary, and she goes, Rabboni. He knows the name. He knows the name. He knows the name. Here's the thing about that that you got to catch. God knows your name. He knows who you are. He knows how you need to be communicated to. You know, some people actually respond better to situations. And within the situation, they get a better handle or better understanding on things. Some people respond better by having a dream that kind of pictures out some kind of teaching. Some people respond better by verbalization, by illustration. Everybody has this different teaching element that you strike into. God is not limited to teach by any capacity. And I'm trying to be nice. I'm going to try to be nice here. And and nobody, I think on this show, you would say, I, I am absolutely positively convinced that the word of God is our absolute authority, period. Between Genesis 1-1 and Revelation 22-21, it's dear human race, Genesis 1-1 to Revelation 22-21, love God. That does not exclude God from communicating other ways his truths. So stop dampering uh, God. Stop trying to put a cover on him. Is it important to know the word? Exceedingly important. It should be a part of your everyday existence. Is that the only way God speaks to people? Ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Has God not spoken to you by saying, yeah, you're not going this way? You know what? That wasn't in the book. It was just you going, well, apparently I'm not going this way. Hasn't the Lord spoken to you by going, hey, you're going this way? And you're like going, no, 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 no. And God's going, yes, 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 yes. And you go that way. Why? Because God told you that's the way you're going. Right? 
why I want to make this communication so so emphatically is for you to open up, not to demonic spirits or weird people or weird teachers or anything like that. You just come before the Lord and say, hey, if I need to learn to be a little bit more sensitive to you in different areas you're teaching me in, just help me to do that. And remember, the devil can't answer a prayer that you give to God or, or nobody could ever be saved. It's just a fact of life. All right, we'll take our break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. What is the David Spoon Experience? Here is a DDD uh, entitled Custom Eyeglasses Used on Others. Custom eyeglasses used on others. First Samuel chapter 18, verse 9. So Saul watched David jealously from that day forward. Uh, stop. There it is. So Saul watched David jealously from that day forward. How do we see people in our lives? Saul saw David through jealous glasses. He put on these glasses. They weren't the ones from the Lord, right? They were glasses that had much more flesh in them, and then everything was tainted. This is what happens to you and I, and let's just do the honest, you know, those honest moments where we put on our glasses regarding regarding some people because almost every time we get a communication from them, there's just something coming that's just low. This is going to be lousy. I haven't even opened it. I'm already dreading it, right? Have you ever gone through that, right? Or every time this person texts me, I'm not smiling after I read it or something along those lines. And it could be somebody who, you know, has got a spirit of complaining. It could be somebody that's got a, a spirit of pride. It could be any of those things, right? And you're just like going, oy vey, right? But you're not saying it much, but you know how you're seeing it. And that's custom glasses. You've already put the glasses on. You've already determined how it's going to be. You're already seeing it through that slant. It's not that they've never done anything. It's just that you and I tend to stay in those zones and see people that way. And so no matter what was going to happen with Saul and King Saul and David, David was going to impute evil motives to Saul's actions. I've gone through this with a professor. I'm just confessing. Right. I had a professor uh, before we started the radio show and my buddy in the in the process was a pastor, was my like a schoolmate. And he would write me and go, what's why does she, you know, jump on you like that? I mean, he was asking me. Right. And I'm like, every time this <laughs> statement, I, I just and I just and instead of having any kind of change of heart or mercy, I was I was mad. But my anger did not work the righteousness of God. And sometimes people do that because of other reasons. It's not because of you. And we need to do a better job of not wearing custom glasses where we see the downside on people. So the question to ask is what kind of glasses do we use with others? And are those glasses approved prescription glasses from God? Oh, 
Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Here's your next trivia question connecting to what we just talked about, and Stephen doing an excellent job answering that trivia question right on the heels of that. In what book of the Bible do you find the phrase, God is love? <laughs> if you think you know the answer, 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483 as well. You can send an email, David at he must increase.org. Now, while you guys are trying to figure that out, okay, and that question is simple, in what book of the Bible, you don't have to give me the exact address, but in what book of the Bible do you find the phrase, God is love? While you're figuring that out, I hold in my hand what is sure to be a top joke <laughs> that... <clears throat> Jennifer might think is a top joke. <laughs> this is my, it's my hint that, that she could think it's my top one of my top. Okay, here we go. While you're figuring out that answer, here we go. Here's a memo from Noah to the creatures on the ark. Alligators, stop nibbling at fellow passengers. Flies, quit pestering the horses. Elephants, shovel up your own mess and block the hallways. Pigeons, the lions are not statues. Mosquitoes and bats, quit biting the other passengers. Uh, minor birds, stop repeating everything you hear. Cows, fly swatting is prohibited. Lightning bugs, remember, lights out at 9 p.m. Pigs, clean up your own room. Raccoons, stop the midnight raids. Hyena, stop laughing at other passengers. Lions, quit stalking everybody. Vultures, stop hovering. Bugs, stay out of the pantry. Snakes, pick up your own skins and throw them away. Ants, bring your own picnic lunch next time. Hooved animals, please tiptoe after midnight. Camels, no spitting at other passengers. Squirrels, quit hiding nuts in the bathroom drains. Night owls, keep your hooting down. It keeps the morning doves awake. Turtles, your dinners are getting cold. Start for dinner hall earlier. All passengers, be careful what you say around the parrots if you don't want it repeated. Signed, Noah. Say what? Come on, that's good. <laughs> Isn't that a good one? That's a good one. <laughs> say what? <laughs> you can't buzz that. That's no fair. That's a good one. I like that. Watch what you say around the parrots. <laughs> So I told my son, I said, so, you know, he's 30, he's got three kids. I said, you can say everything you want to say besides being able to play with the, play with the kids and just leave, which is the biggest blessing there is. Uh, you're going to find out that kids have an unbelievable memory and like a Memorex kind of thing, and they repeat what you say. It's like the first thing you learn. It's like, ooh. Did you learn that at school? No, at home. Anyway, <laughs> let's get uh, on with it. Uh, the trivia question, most of you got this wrong. Just to let you know. How about that? The trivia question is, in what book of the Bible do you find the phrase, God is love? It's going to be Joanne, Al, and Eric who have gotten it right thus far. Everybody else is just a little off there, so we want to help people uh, get it back on track. In the meantime, let's get back to our text. Listen, listen to this. So God speaks to Ananias in a vision. He calls out his name, calls him by name. And the Lord says, 
to him, go over to Straight Street to the house of Judas, not the bad Judas. When you arrive, ask for Saul of Tarsus. He is praying to me right now, and I have shown him in a vision a man named Ananias coming in, having his laying his hands on him so he can see again. All right? All right? All right? All right? All right? So God tells Ananias, okay, Paul's praying to me right now. Okay? He's praying right now. And so Paul's in the process of prayer. Ananias is told what's going on. He's shown Paul, or Saul, who's going to be Paul, he's shown him in a vision that Ananias is coming to lay his hands on him so he can see again. You would just think if the Lord showed us something, we would have such enormous faith there would never be any question. Except many Christians live like Jesus isn't coming again, so maybe that's not so true. So the idea behind this is to see that the Lord has told him, okay? I sp he spoke to him. He said, go to this place, go to this house. When you get there, do this thing, which I, again, maintain that uh, specifically the geographical right location is really necessary to fulfill the purposes of, and the will of the Lord. He's seen uh, somebody laying hands on him. And what is it that, that Ananias says? He says this. But Lord. <laughs> I wish I had a dollar for really for every time I said to the Lord, but Lord, in the last 44 years. I, I would just, I, I would never have to concern myself with retirement. The slightest. Do you know how many times the Lord does stuff and we look and we go, but, but Lord, come on now. And so God tells Ananias what to do. Go here. You're going to pray for this guy. When you pray for this guy, he's going to get his sight back again. Instead of being excited about being involved in the things and the great things of God, here is Ananias' response, which to me is exactly where you and I are at when we're just kind of like uh, maybe not fully trusting. It's like, but Lord, I've heard the terrible things this man has done to believers in Jerusalem, and we hear that he's authorized by the leading priests to arrest every believer in Damascus. What I find amazing about this text is I don't really think Ananias is informing God. I think he's expressing his concern or his fear. I don't think Ananias is going, well, apparently you don't know, but this guy Saul, he's bad. Okay, I, I don't see that as going on. But what I do see is going on is he's like, I've heard terrible things about this guy. He's trying to wipe out your people, and you're asking me to go right into the middle of the pain. And you know what's amazing about this text in this portion? The Lord says, go and do what I say. Sometimes we want to rearrange it for God to help him understand that what we're about to do can, consider, can, can cause us a considerable amount of pain. And we think he should be aware of the situation. He's aware. He knows what's going on. He's in touch. He's not lost your file. 
And even though uh, I've heard terrible things about this process, Lord, oh, this is on. So if the Lord says, do it, you do it. If it's the Lord, what do you do? You do what the Lord says. Now, in an unbelievable change of events, this person who's persecuting the church is going to receive such a grace. His eyesight's going to be restored. He's been, he was praying to the Lord for help. He has been, in verse 12 it says, I have shown him a vision that a man named Ananias is coming in. So now here's a guy who didn't believe in the Lord, doesn't have any, has an absolute animosity against the Christian faith, and in one stroke, in one encounter, now this guy is operating in spiritual gifts. <laughs> it's like, what happened? He's praying. He has a vision. And he finds out a miracle is coming his way. But the person who's supposed to be the vehicle of that, the blessing of that, is, is, is not just timid. I think it's genuinely fair to say he's concerned. This should tell you right here. It's okay to share your concern with the Lord. There's nothing evil about that. There's nothing bad about that. Sometimes the Lord has to reinforce the go and do. And you can ask God, but you have to obey. All this stuff about success in Christianity, and I get more, more nauseated about that probably than most other things. You know, everybody should be, you know, oh, oh, everybody should be uh, a millionaire and should have this and should have this. You know, nobody's quoting Mark chapter 10 where Jesus says, if you've given up anything for, for my life, husbands, wives, children, land, so on and so forth, you'll receive a hundredfold in this life and in the next. And then he says, with persecutions. Wait, wait. No, Jesus didn't say it. It's exactly what he said. You want to know what a real successful Christian is? You want to know the most successful Christian you can find besides being a person who operates in faith and in, in, in the, the fruits of the Spirit? The most successful, simplistic answer for a successful Christian is do what God tells you to do, period. That's what you do. That's what a successful Christian is. Yes, Lord. And then you go do it. Okay? All right. We'll take our break and then come back. You're listening to the – oh, we didn't do our trivia, did we? Oh, I didn't answer the trivia. Can you stall that? Can you keep that up? Or you can just do whatever. Uh, the trivia answer, First John. First John. I'm sorry. That's my fault. Okay? That's not Jennifer's fault. That's David's fault. Whoops. <laughs> First John chapter 4, God is love. Sorry. Okay, now we'll do it. All right. Uh, you've been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. All of mankind destroying everyone and everything we find. What is the David Spoon Experience? Imagine yourself on a rocket ship racing at 1,000 miles an hour into space. Once there, you can sense the power and the presence of the majestic and the divine. You forget about your troubles and your fears, and you just float in peace without a worry in the world. There are no struggles, no pain, no discomfort. It's soothing, calm, comfortable. But then, the show starts. And you realize that none of that stuff has anything to do with the show. What were you thinking? The David Spoon Experience, only for the brave of heart and the bored. 
The David Spoon Experience. Uh, they were sisters. That is correct, sir! You are right! And it's like, it's like, I'm not saying, I don't want to you know, say it, but like, yuck. <laughs> that's all I can say. It's like, I'm sorry, that's all I can come up with. Like, yowza. <laughs> well, he was, he was tricked into it. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm going to go with that. But I I mean, if you're the two sisters, you just got to be thinking, now, wait a second here. <laughs> can, I, can I tell a real quick joke? Abs- is, I won't absolutely. take up much time, hopefully. But I'll try to make it, uh, try to make it uh, biblical, but not scriptural. I'm with you. That's about 99% of everything we do on jokes. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> I figured you understand. Well, to set this up, okay. to set this up, uh, when I ask the question, you'll have to answer it to the first thing that pops into your head. Otherwise, it, it'll, it's, it's kind of like those knock-knock jokes. You have to say knock-knock, you know, or who's there. Um, so anyway, Paul was out in the Mediterranean Sea. He was on sailing across it, and right before the storm hit, he was writing some letters, and he was, he was sitting there writing, and one of the sailors came up and looked at him and said, what are you doing? He said, well, I'm writing some letters here. And he Paul you know, put down his, his uh, quill and um, parchment and looked up at uh, the sailor and says, decided this is the time to talk to him. He says, now here's the question, David, and this is where you have to answer. Okay. What is a pirate's favorite letter of the alphabet? Uh, arr, 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 arr. And, the, and the sailor said, nah, that would be the sea, matey, the sea. <laughs> That's a good <laughs> one. <laughs> so it's not the R. No, it's the sea. It's the sea, matey. <laughs> hey. hey, I love your show. Thanks. Thanks uh, for keeping keeping it going. Yeah. Appreciate it. Uh, thank you. Thank you for being such a, a great brother and a great support. We appreciate you. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAMAN 770, the truth station here in Texas or I can't give the correct timing for a trivia answer if my life depended on it. So let's get ready for the next trivia question because four out of five ain't bad. (laughs) Something like that. Uh, To whom was the following – I'm sorry. Uh, To whom was the following spoken? Let's see. To whom? No, this should be who was the following spoken of. Who is this in reference to? See, they did that wrong in the book. Uh, who is in the is reference to? He was a murderer from the beginning and abides not in the truth because there is no truth in him. Who are they making reference? Who's Jesus making reference to when he says that? He was a murderer from the beginning and there is no truth in him. And the truth does not abide in him because there is no truth in him. Who was Jesus talking about when he said that? If you think you know the answer, you can call in 972-445-0770. You can text in 214-210-8483. As well, you can send an email, david, at hemustincrease.org. We're going to send you up to the website, as we often do at the 230 mark, to remind you of two things. Don't forget, Tennessee, we're going to be, I'm going to be uh, out of town that's like the 23rd, so we're going to be off 
like the 19th and the 23rd. We'll talk about that forthcoming, just telling you ahead of time so you're not caught off guard. And then in October, we're going to have tickets to give away for uh, SMU football. So I can leave those two things there. And then, oh, yeah, money. <laughs> many, 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 many. Please go to hemustincrease.org. Prayer request? Hemustincrease.org. Praise report? Hemustincrease.org. Looking to give to this ministry? Hemustincrease.org. Confused by what's happening right now? Hemustincrease.org. Hemustincrease.org. Pie eating. <laughs> Pie eating contest. I don't know. That's what happened. That's the sound I would make after I was in a pie eating contest, the falling over part <laughs> into the drum set. That's what I'm going to go with. Uh, who was Jesus talking about? He said this. He was a murderer from the beginning, uh, does not live in the truth because there is no truth in him. If you think you know the answer, 972-445-0770. You can also text 214-210-8483 or send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. Time for his toll. Let's go All right, today is a couple couple interesting ones. Today is Literacy Day. That's a, that's a good thing. National Date Nut Bread Day. I like date nut bread. Do you like that? Sure. <laughs> Try not to jump off the the ledge of commitment in that. <laughs> Yeah, sure, Dave. Whatever. How about this? Today is Pet Rock Day. Oh, there we go. See, right? That was, how genius do you have to be to sell a million rocks and call That's, it a pet rock? I, yeah, I, That's just, no comment on that. There's just uh, I had one, but then my parents bought it for me. I didn't. I didn't buy it for myself. <laughs> Uh, 1636 on this day, Harvard University is founded. 1637 on this day, Harvard University started spitting out traitors to the country. Oh, but did I say that in the same breath? I can't believe I did that. That that college has had more people convicted than any other college in the United States. Good job, guys. Uh, 1966, both of these TV shows started in 1966. Tarzan... With Ron Eli debuted and Star Trek. Tarzan and Star Trek. Totally different shows. Completely, right? This must have been a good day for new releases. Uh, 1974, if you guys remember this, I feel with you. Okay, Evil Knievel, the Snake River Canyon Jump. Remember that? Twin Falls, Idaho. His Sky Cycle X2 steam-powered rocket motorcycle. Uh, the parachute uh, deployed prematurely. He landed at the bottom of the canyon, but he only suffered minor injuries. Hey, he's willing to try. Let me give him credit for that. It's kind of crazy. And then 1998, Mark McGuire broke Roger Maris's longstanding record of 61 home runs. That is the history. Okay? All right. And then last, we'll just rev up. What am I missing? Am I missing something? I just feel like I'm missing something. We'll rev up the... Uh, but, 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 but history or the history. The trivia question: uh, Who was Jesus talking about when he said he was a murderer from the beginning? Uh, there's no truth that lives in him because uh, there is there's no truth in him because he does not live in the truth. Who was he referring to? If you think you know, nine seven two four four five zero seven seven zero two one four two one zero eight four eight three or David at he must increase dot org. Last thing I'm going to say, and then we'll get back into the teaching. The bottom of the website, very, 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 very bottom, is a little 
cow icon. And that cow icon is from my son's website. Remember, he did our ministry website for free. So we're giving him some plugs. He's got a business. It's $57 a month for a website. No startup fee, no design fee, no cancellation fee, zero. It's $57 a month, and that's no baloney. Okay? All right, there you go. (laughs) I'm practicing for our commercial. No baloney. All right, uh, back to the text we go. Uh, this is right after the Lord tells Ananias to go and to say hi to Saul and go pray for him. And uh, this is what the Lord responds in regards to Saul. Because, you know, Ananias is concerned because this guy's trying to wipe out the church. He's got this reputation. He's got the ability to take men and women and throw them in prison. He's going after everybody that has any kind of faith. He's supporting any kind of, uh, well, quite frankly, he's, he was already support, supportive in one murder and is now going for any other forms of murder he can support in his cause. He's totally into it. And then the Lord gets a hold of him on Damascus Road. Now uh, he's waiting for deliverance by the grace of God. And that's going to be one of those vehicles. You might say, why doesn't God just snap his fingers? Okay, that's better. And then heal him. And the answer is God could, but God chooses to use chose to use a vehicle to get this done for purposes that are in fulfillment of his plan, because this is about his plan, not our brilliant ending to a book or to a chapter or anything else. And so God says this, Saul is go and do what I say. Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to kings as well as to the people of Israel. And I will show him how much he must suffer for me. So I I want to talk about this because I want to be and I want to be super careful not being theological. I kind of want to be practical here. So I'm going to take off my theology hat. I'm going to put on my practicality hat. Without a doubt, one could completely make the argument that Saul is now saved. I don't know how you would say he's not saved. He's blind, gets knocked on his keister, he can't see, the Lord says go here, he's going to go there, God's given him a vision. Okay, vision, that's pretty good, he must be connected to the Lord, he tells him he's going to get healed from his blindness. I mean, this guy, he's, he's saved, right? He is, for all the practical purposes of theology, I said I was going to stay away from that, but he's, he's saved by the blood of Jesus Christ like everybody else. But guess what's going to happen? He's saved, but the Lord is going to take this opportunity to show him that he's going to suffer for the sake of Christ. This suffering will not be sufficient for him to be redeemed. Only the redeeming work of Jesus Christ can make that happen. But God has not forgotten what he has done and is going to show him that what he's done hurt people so that he can have a greater passion for people from the hurting that he did. And you might want to say, gee, uh, I hope the Lord doesn't do that to everybody, and he doesn't knock everybody off their keister, blind them, tell them to go into a city, have somebody pray for them, but he does, in this case, tell him, tell Ananias, he's going to find out he's got to suffer for me. And I know we, we hate to hear that, 
But you can't read James and you can't read Peter and you can't read uh, virtually any book of Paul's and you can't read Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John without recognizing that connecting to the Lord does not reduce our ability to go through trials and troubles and tribulations. It's not, it's not a realistic place. And we've mentioned this before. The perfect will of God would be exactly where God wants you, doing exactly what God wants you to do. How much more true is that with the disciples who are with Jesus going across the, the sea in a boat, and yet the wind still comes? And what we, we want to do is we want to have this uh, utopia, and just in case you don't know, utopia, actually the word means nowhere. Uh, we, we want this utopia where everything is just always rosy, all the time, and perfect. Hey, we're going to get that, but not this side. And he's going to learn about connecting to Jesus through some of the suffering. He's not going to redeem himself. He's going to learn more about Jesus. And you know what it turns out? As you get into Philippians, that's his prayer. He wants to know more about Jesus. He wants to draw closer. He wants more of him, more of the Lord in his life, less of him. And God's going to give him that. But in order to get there to that level, he's going to have to learn that suffering is a part of that. And you're not going to suffer for your sin and the penalty point where you lose salvation, but that does not mean God does not bring into your lives certain things that you have created and say, look, see how bad this was? That's just practical. Theological, got nothing to do with your eternity. Practically, God is the sanctifier. He will tell you what you're going through. You can ask all you want, but it's his plan and his purpose. Okay? All right. We'll take our break. Oh, I got to answer trivia. We'll do that before we exit. I did it again. Am I terrible? Uh, the answer is Satan. <laughs> Satan was the one that has no truth and is a murderer. Okay. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. This KAAM radio show with your very own David Spoon is not a business, but a nonprofit ministry first and foremost committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and strategically equipping the saints. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Christian believers, the hurting, and those not yet believers who need biblical truths. To continue our radio ministry and message of truth, we need many of our faithful listeners to support us, as well as ministry partners who might wish to sponsor the He Must Increase ministry. By giving, you wonderfully facilitate our priorities of assertively teaching the Word of God, and you get nothing in return. No quid pro quo. Nothing but a receipt at the end of the year indicating you gave to us since your donation is 100% tax deductible. Remember that it says in Corinthians that whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Or in Proverbs, where it teaches that a generous person will prosper, whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. But if you cannot give, no problem. Continue to enjoy and learn and give however you see fit whenever you can. To support us, go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Such support is terribly appreciated, knowing it enables our beloved David Spoon to give to all of us his time, energy, like so few can. Right here on KAAM.
It only takes a minute. We're just joining our faith really together, believing that God's graciousness is here for this. Father, we come before you and we ask you in the name of Jesus, with help from the Holy Spirit, that you would touch in our audience those people who are physically hurting. There are some where their pain is really intense on a regular basis. It's just very, very draining. And we ask that you would give them strength and you would renew them and you would empower them, but most of all, that you would heal them and you would touch their physical bodies. And even if it can only be for a short period by your determination, we ask that that would come for them and they would get that relief. And for those that are just drawing closer to you, that there would be some great sense of comfort some great sense of wisdom and trust, but heal those who are hurting from the smallest item to the deepest and most serious element. Nothing escapes your notice. So minister to those people by your grace and by your mercy, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The David Spoon Experience. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAMAN 770, the truth station here in Texas, where I am so far off on my timing on trivia, I got nothing to say. <laughs> Here's what I can say. Missed it again. <laughs> again. Miss it again. Okay. So on this one, hopefully I'll get it right, because if I don't get this one right, then the show will be over and we won't have a trivia answer. Anyway, David's occupation before he became a king was what? What did David do before he became a king? If you think you know the answer, 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483. As well, you can send an email to david at hemustincrease.org. A couple things to remind you about yet again. Don't forget our trip. We got, so we got a modified, not next week, but the week after. It's kind of a modified schedule. So I want you to be aware of that. And then uh, we have a few other things that are up and coming. We are coming to a close in a couple of our books, so we will be getting involved in the next book. As you guys know, on Monday we're doing Job. Job, we're going to be doing the—I think we're going to be doing First Timothy and or First or Second Corinthians. Those are also coming in. So just want to keep going after the books and making sure we're doing the right thing and going through the Word of God piece by piece. So— uh, back to the text, we go. If you think you know the answer to the trivia, let us know. What did David do before he was a king? Uh, that, if you think you know the answer, 972-445-0770 or text in 214-210-8483. Everybody, by the way, every person right now is getting it right on texting. So that's a really good job. Good job, guys. That's excellent. All right. So I want to read this so I can get to this one point. So bear with me. Hang in there with me. The Lord, okay, now, there was a believer in Damascus named Ananias. The Lord spoke to him in a vision, calling Ananias. Yes, Lord, he replied. The Lord said, go over to Straight Street, to the house of Judas, where when you arrive, ask for Saul of Tarsus. He is praying to me right now. I have shown him in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and laying his hands on him so he can see again. 
But Lord, exclaimed Ananias, I've heard about the terrible things this man has done to the believers in Jerusalem, and we hear that he's authorized by the leading priests to arrest every believer in Damascus. And the Lord said, Go and do what I say. For Saul is my chosen instrument for the sake of my message to the Gentiles and to tend to kings as well as to the people of Israel, and I will show him how much he must suffer for me. Verse 17. So Ananias went and found Saul. And he laid his hands on him, and he said, I can't believe you're one of us now. I really reject you. You're such a meanie. I don't like you. Oh, wait, that, wait, that's not what it says. Okay. So Ananias went and found Saul, and he laid his hands on him, and he said, You are mean. Okay, that's not what he said. Uh, Ananias went and found Saul and laid his hands on him and said, Brother Saul. The Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road, has sent me so that you may get your sight back. Okay. All right. Take a deep breath. Number one, Ananias found, he went and found Saul. So he did what God told him to do. Excellent. He laid his hands on him. One of the most bizarre things is in our society, laying on of hands has become something weird. What's funny about that is in the book of Hebrews, laying on of hands is mentioned as a base teaching. And that the mature will move forward past that. In other words, laying on of hands is not supposed to be weird at all. Yeah, that's not what I want to focus. I'm going to focus on that next week. It's this part. He says, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road has sent me to you. Now, if you will look back at the exchange between Ananias and God, you don't get the impression necessarily that that's Jesus, right? But it is Jesus because Jesus is God. So all those people that are struggling with that, Get over it, yet here's another testimony, but I don't want to focus on that either. <laughs> here's what I want to focus on. I know you guys okay, he's lost it. No, no, this is really, really significant. Ananias said, Brother Saul. So I had a conversation with somebody who's well-seasoned in the Lord, probably 50, maybe 55 years in the Lord. And the, the comment was, there's no reference in Scripture to call one another brother or sister. Okay, so you're in verse 17. So Ananias went and found Saul. And he laid his hands on him. He said, Brother Saul. Not only is there a reference, it's a very important reference. Uh, when I was blessed to go through the multiple church phase of my Christianity, being a Baptocostal, Calminian, uh, manifold millennialist who was born and raised Jewish, uh, I had the opportunity to visit a lot of churches. One of the churches that we ended up with, the four Jewish guys from Detroit, was a church. Uh, this is uh, uh, kind of in between some of the cult stuff, uh, was a church that was a uh, black Pentecostal uh, well, it wasn't really a holiness, but it was kind of a holiness church that we four Jewish boys were adopted into, and they were the ones that called one another brother or sister or brother and sister. And we started doing that, and we thought it was cool. And you know what? what's amazing is that 
that part of the culture did a better job of understanding the brotherhood and the sisterhood than we did, and we thought that was fantastic. And here, Ananias comes up and he says, Brother Saul, and do you hear very many people saying that that's okay or that's the way to do it? or that's his? It's right here in the Scripture. And what we should be aware of is that different people in different places have different kind of responses to the Lord and engage in different ways, and they're fantastic. What we do in our differences as Christians is crucify one another instead of celebrate one another. I'm going to go out on a limb, big limb, almost prophetic limb, and say God is not impressed with that. If you have the church being different parts of the body, then if the kneecap and the elbow are not the same, yet they are in the same body, are they not one? We are brothers and sisters in the Lord. Do we do everything together exactly the same? No. Yesterday we talked about baptism. There's we, we talked about the different points of view and the different methodologies. There are all it's a lot of differences. That's not a fellowship issue. There's different cultures, there's different customs. There's people that believe in Jesus Christ as the Son of the Living God who don't even have a Bible. You think they think that they're like bad Christians or less than Christians because they don't have the Bible? They don't. They have fantastic faith. In fact, their faith is often better than ours. And why I'm saying all that is for us to gain a better level of Romans chapter 15, verse 7, when it talks about accepting one another as Christ has accepted us. Jesus didn't make you become any denomination for you to become a Christian. What he did was he broke into your universe and revealed himself. And you are not the same as your brother or your sister or your mothers or your fathers or your children or anybody else. And God said, still mine, still mine. And why I think that's important is because I wish we could say more Brother Saul, Brother Dave, Sister Jennifer. I wish we could do that because it's what the Lord desires of us. I wish we had a better understanding. When Jesus gave the summation of the law, and I've talked about this numerous times, he said, what's the summation of the law? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. But in John 13, 34 and 35, he said, a new commandment I give you. What? You gave the summation of the law already. Well, now we have a new commandment? Yeah, you got a new commandment. Well, what's that new commandment, Jesus? Love one another. By this shall all know you are my disciples, by your love one for another. And that's that you can't get away from that. So you might understand that the command is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. But Jesus said, I want you to love one another. Can you, can you love past denominational lines? Of course. How many tribes in Israel? Okay. How many tribes? Twelve. Right? Do you think the Levites were the exact same as, as, as the other group, as the Reubenites? No. But they were what? Israel. One nation. One people. In fact, ironically, they didn't even line up the same. <laughs> Some lined up on the left, some on the right, some on the front, some on the back, and a couple in the center. It's like, yeah, that's just how it goes. 
And what we need to do is expand that heart universe of ours that has closed off so tight that says, one, we could hardly entertain a stranger, and two, a believer that doesn't think like we do is still a believer. Brother Saul. Like you imagine, though, you got to give yourself that second. So Ananias goes and he goes and he knows he's going to pray for him. The Lord's going to heal him, right? He's going to have this uh, cool stuff happen. But the moment that he had to breach his own little safety zone to expand his faith and still receive this person as a brother in Christ, I just think that's impressive. And I am going to answer the trivia before I exit because the last two times I missed it. So this time I'm getting it. <laughs> I'm getting it right. Uh, David's occupation before he became a king was he owned uh, David's shepherding company. No, he was a shepherd. He was a shepherd before he was a king. You know, that's a great idea. All of our leaders, all of our leaders should be shepherds before they're kings. Wouldn't that be a great idea? I'm telling you. All right, folks, uh, you've been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the true station here in Texas. Going to take a 22-and-a-half-hour break. Then we'll come back. More Insanity with Spoonanity. Talk to you then. My child, I knew you. The views expressed on the preceding program were those of the speakers and not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.